This is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. I'm Joey, the seven footer, and I love wrestling. I'm Nick, Joey, seven foot tall, and I love wrestling. I'm Jesse, and I love wrestling. I'm Steven, and I'm just so done with wrestling. You should love wrestling as a show where we try to convince Steven that he should love wrestling. Will we do it this time? The best way to support the show is by going to boardwalkaudio.com backslash you should love wrestling. Click the support our artist button and then continue to buy whatever you're going to buy. You don't need to be Erwin R. Scheister to figure that out. Once again, I want to point out that he's talking about Amazon. It's a... Amazon affiliate thing. You Look, can, man, I'm sh- not. I'm. I'm not trying to force people to. You know, no judgment if you want to go someplace else. Be having Joey saying Amazon. I say yeah. Amazon at some. Oh, okay. He doesn't say Amazon oh. at any point. <laughs> I don't. I don't correct you for no reason. I just. I'm I not just, just arbitrarily correcting you. I just noticed that I don't say Amazon. Uh, whatever. It's, We're gonna get our dash button soon. It's all good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You Is this? You should love Amazon. You should <laughs> love Amazon. Welcome. We gotcha. uh, uh, speaking of, check uh, out Prime Day. Uh, yeah, uh, today's guest is a host and contributor for AfterBuzz TV and a member of the sketch comedy group Haymaker, which you can see on the third Wednesday of every month at Pack Theater in Los Angeles. It's friend of the show, Jesse Klein. How's it going, Jesse? Uh, it's going great. I'm super jazzed to be here. Ooh, oh, he's yeah, jazzed. Yeah. Ooh. Welcome. Thanks yeah. for Very coming. jazzed. Yeah. Super jazzed. Uh, would you like to meet our regular cast of characters? Yeah. Stop uh, it. This, is, this was upsetting when you did it on the Cameron Rice episode, <laughs> and it's upsetting it's happening again uh, now. Would you like to play Jesse the Jazzman Klein? Yeah, of course. <laughs> All, All right. Well, you're in. Hey, how's it going? And also, the jazz man client does not bring his own jazz. No, he's no. just a jazz fiend. I'm looking for the jazz. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, I've got a surprise for you in Steven's closet. Yes, the it's, closet. It's the jazz. It's the new saxophone. By the way, uh, regular listeners, they actually go to the closet and open it. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah. That's I thought you thing. just referenced it no, and never no. physically did it. <laughs> and it's like much to my chagrin every time because it, one, it feels like an invasion of privacy. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I've here. actually asked Joey to stop doing it. It's where we keep like all of our like random stuff. Yeah, Steven doesn't want you to know that he supports the company Sterlite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Steven doesn't want you to know that he has what's in here? Some blank CDRs. Oh, a, there's our Mayor McCheese head. A Lego architecture set. Make it, uh, like a bunch of sketch stuff, some pillows. I'm going to cut wow. this all out because I control post-production. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to, when I post this on Facebook, tell everybody that you're editing. Use, the, <laughs> that's use a transcript. Let uh, everybody know that I'm actually doing the work to keep this thing running. So but, now uh, that you've seen all the dead wrestlers. And, yeah, so, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Stone well, Cold Steve Austin is dead in that closet. <laughs> yeah, we kill him. Yeah, don't yeah. tell anyone. Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, so what originally got you into wrestling, Jesse? Uh, okay, this is going to be real crude, but but uh, <laughs> cool. I wanted to fuck I Lita. Lo- oh, okay. yeah, wow. Like, who's Lila? Lita? Lita. Lita. Oh, I thought Lila uh, from like, you like Futurama. You don't yeah. know what show you're on. I'm going to talk about Jurassic Bark. Uh, <laughs> Lita. Lita. Yeah. yeah. Um, hmm. I, I got so into what, like. The, what, what was your moment? What were you? Were you flipping through channels and you saw her on TV and you were like, that's the one for <laughs> Jesse. Uh, <laughs> my best friend in middle school, Deontay Millage, was a huge uh, wrestling fan. I was not that into wrestling, mm-hmm. but because he was my best friend, I was like, yeah, I'll watch wrestling with you. 
And then um, this wrestler named S.A. Rios. S.A. Rios. The Rivers. Yep. Uh, came out with this lady who didn't wrestle like any of the other ladies. She wrestled like a luchador. Yeah. Lita did debut as S.A. Rios valet. Correct? Yes. I, wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't refer to her. It's, I feel like referring to her as a valet is, I feel like that's like a slam. She came out and was like no, I know instantly that. doing moonsaults, her and Rana. But I'm she saying was that's how we were introduced when she, I'm saying she, was, she didn't do anything else before that, right? She that was, was, yeah, her she debut. was her, yeah. she, her debut, she was paired with S.A. Yeah. Rios. Yeah. Wow, that was super um, sexist of you, Nick. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> Joey was all over he you on that yeah, one. Yeah, Speaking of sexist. Uh, I'm not saying he was Terry Runnels. I'm <laughs> saying uh, not that Terry Runnels didn't do her role very yeah. well. Speaking of sexist, uh, mm, yeah. she always had an exposed thong. Nice. Uh, yeah. Like just like the straps above her pants, and Wait, before and yeah. and her uh, finishing move was a moonsault, and she'd always take off her top shirt before she did the moonsault. Did the moonsault. Yeah, I remember uh, that it's like the lightest strip tease ever, the shortest. It, You're like, yeah. But here's the thing: there was there was nothing sexy about her taking the shirt off. It was she was like angry and like I'm about to do my move. It was like, just badass. Yeah, totally. She joined the Hardy Boys. You've seen them in their later years and more methed out crazy years. But uh, that's Matt and Jeff Hardy. They're a team called Team Extreme. Uh-huh. And their thing was they would do anything they could with their bodies in order to win a match. Uh, Jeff Hardy's finishing move, the Swanton Bomb, famously, if he misses it, and sometimes if he hits it, he still loses the match. <laughs> like it's it's such a it's not a very effective finish. It's, a, yeah. <laughs> it's such a risk mm-hmm. that he he immediately loses the match. Yeah, that um, seems like a might as well not do it type of move. Well, to me, uh, if, I, if I'm putting game theory in here, I'd say don't do it. Oh, hey, yeah. Steven. Hey, Steven. All you that might, risk for nothing. You might as well not live then, Stephen. Amen, Joey. Yeah. yeah. If, if we're playing fantasy uh, <laughs> wrestling, yeah. you don't want to go with a Jeff Hardy no. pick. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, and so I started because I was a big fan of Lita. Right. And at first it was just I wanted to fuck Lita. But then it was like, oh, Lita's a tremendous wrestler yeah. and mm-hmm. can tell a really good in-ring story. And plus you were a young kid and you know we didn't want to fuck anything when you were a kid. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, okay. I was 13 when this there was this was the peak of my sexual awakening. <laughs> guys, <laughs> guys, that's what we're going to talk about for two hours, by the way. Uh, ooh, <laughs> I mean, honestly, we're Klein. hoping it's a little shorter than that. But <laughs> I can okay. go an hour and 45 for Jesse Klein's sexual awakening. I'll give him three and, minutes. <laughs> and then and then I just started appreciating like what the Hardy Boys and Edge and Christian were doing. It was it was at the end of the Attitude Era, yep. era beginning of the new era. And I... Uh, like I still liked Stone Cold. I loved Kurt Angle, but oh, yeah. but my guys were the Hardy Boys and Edge and Christian. Mm-hmm. TLC two was the other match that I would want to bring into you guys because it's one of my favorite matches of all time, mm-hmm. and it's just these guys who would do anything they could to get a spot in the ring. And, totally, and that something about like. The willingness to put your body on the line, the willingness to do something like that really speaks to me as a as a person, but also as a performer, like now as a comedian, like for speed face, I'll do stunts and also like on stage, I'll do big overcommitted things. Right. It's speed face to show at the pack theater in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and that was their thing. And they've said that before in interviews. It's like we, them and the uh, edge and Christian, the Hardys and the Dudleys, the, yeah. those three teams were always like, we are going to go out there. We are going 
going to give them the match of the night. We're going to steal the show. They won't stop talking about it. Hopefully it'll be legendary. It's like they were always like that was always their mentality. Like go out there and burn the fucking house down. Because at that time, uh, the the WWF was so top heavy. You had Triple H, Kurt Angle, The Rock, every uh, was Stone a star. Cold Steve Austin. Like you had all the. I mean, Undertaker, Kane were still like huge superstars. John Cena was being born. Like like all of the not being born literally being born <laughs> into the ring on, on ring yeah, plus, yeah. plus at that time you had like probably like still you know invasion and wcw guys yeah. cycling so still like scott out. steiner goldberg, yeah, goldberg yeah, yeah. Uh, nash and hall and Hogan. jericho like all of these guys yeah. and so like to see these little guys do whatever they could to get noticed was really important and like cool to me that, that's something that i love about um present day wwe is I feel like there's more of an effort. I mean, like back then there was one top spot and that spot went to the rocker stone cold, Steve Austin <laughs> or triple H or the undertaker. That's right. it. Yeah. Um, like, and oftentimes even, especially in the two thousands, like even like tag teams, the tag team champion would be some combination of the rock stone cold, Steve Austin, triple H and the undertaker yeah. or Shawn Michaels or whatever. Yeah. And like, the cruiserweight champion or the light heavyweight champion would lose in a squash match to whoever was feuding with the Rock Stone Cold Steve Austin Triple H yeah, for, for the sure. Undertaker, and uh, it, it, you know, and the women's champion would inevitably be dating the Rock Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> Triple H for the Undertaker, and um, it it felt like a show that was very much like all the attention is focused on these four guys and everybody is a an ancillary character to this, and I love that in the WWE now it's like they have dedicated tag teams like the revival yeah. is just a tag team yep. that the Revival is not Samoa Joe teamed up with The Miz or something like that. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, there's a cruiserweight division. TJ yeah, Perkins. Our people. Like, if TJ Perkins uh, debuted on the main roster just as TJ Perkins, he would have probably a really fun feud with Neville, and then he would be kind of, like, forgotten on the mid-card. Mm -hmm. But, like, the fact that there's a cruiserweight division, oh, that guy can be the top of that division. Yeah. And something that is so great about, like, sort of the, the 90s era in the tag division is, like, the like Edge and Christian, the Hardy Boys and the Dudley Boys, mm -hmm. though they too cool, yeah, too cool. Yep. Those were tag teams. Yeah, those were guys that were dedicated to being tag teams and dedicated to being the best tag teams. And the Hardy Boys, you could say, had equal footing with the Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin, and they weren't competing for the same spot. Not but at all. Like, right. The fact that they could go out there and just put on these crazy extreme matches. Yeah, it was yeah. nice, and like it was sort of like they could it was a way that they could sort of negate the top heaviness of the main event scene and there could yeah, be levels sure. of top guys and and levels of mid card and stuff so yeah, yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. and they are kind of going back to that again yeah, yeah. which is good Stephen, how, how you feel about how you feel about this? Oh, I mostly uh, just kind of checked out. I, I noticed Nick was leaning back in his chair so far; it looked like he was actually trying to tip over, but couldn't do it. And I thought that was funny. So that's what carried me for the last ten minutes. At wow! Listeners. No, I'm just being comfortable. Steve. Yeah, uh, you were so far back; like your your toes were just like still pushing. Yeah, uh, I'll tip over when I want to tip Nick Ligger famously bottom heavy. Yes, yeah, uh, I am. Yeah, you just you can't tip him over. He's like he's like an egg or something. All my weight are in, is in my feet. Yeah, yeah. all the weights. <laughs> yeah, uh, Nick, uh, size forty feet, Gligger. Yeah, I'm touring with uh, Jesse the Jazzman Klein. I'm. They call me Leadfoot. Well, <laughs> are you looking for jazz. size forty feet then? Because Jazzman's looking for jazz. <laughs> I only have my feet, <laughs> but my I can play the saxophone with my feet. Oh, hey, God, uh, there's jazz. <laughs> uh, there's Jazzman. Oh, there he is. Uh, today's match is from WWE SummerSlam 2005, and it pits the immortal Hulk Hogan against the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels. 
Eagles. This is the first time these two legends of the squared circle competed, and though Hulk Hogan ultimately won the match, Michael's exaggerated selling and Hogan's backstage politicking are what make this match a classic that people still talk about, even 10 years later. Jesse, why'd you pick this match for us? Uh, I picked it because I hate Hulk Hogan. Nice. I'm not a a fan either. I've said it before in the show, and I'll say it again. I, I I didn't like wrestling so much back in the day yeah. because he got on my nerves. I was like, yeah. that guy's not cool. He's like a, a weird dad. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I don't like Hulk Hogan. I don't like the I don't like his wrestling style, and I don't like his back backstage politicking. Yeah, that and, doesn't help. And well, also this, his racism and, and his racism. Yeah, yeah, also yeah, also yeah. his horrible racism. Yeah. yeah. Well, we well hold on. Let's not <laughs> condemn everything about the guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean he does have 150 million dollars now, hey. so he's got to do something right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and in this match, Shawn Ma- Michaels makes him look like a buffoon. Yes, he does. And uh, I love that. Uh, Shawn Michaels to me is kind of he also did a lot of backstage politics in in the day and, and that by kind then, of this stuff. Was sort of his reformed period. Yeah, well, this was he was a born again Christian by this time. Yeah, uh, just uh, some some background story <laughs> for he's Steven. a born again some, Christian. Yeah, some, well, I'll fill it in. Shawn Michaels, some, some yeah. <laughs> like hardcore background information for Stephen. Um, <laughs> From uh, whenever he began to wrestle until probably 1996, 1997, he was notoriously kind of a prick, an asshole. He was somebody that, like we'll see in a later clip, he would, instead of losing to somebody, he would just fake an injury so that he could hand the title away and not have to lose to somebody that he doesn't want to lose to. Yeah, Yeah. because he didn't want Um, to go through that process of putting a guy over. And then um, he had a back injury, which uh, we saw in the Royal Rumble match with The Undertaker, the casket match. He got a back injury from that match when he was back body dropped onto the edge of the casket. You don't remember. Go Not back to the go, go back to the iffy episode. We talk about it. And <laughs> yeah, then um, and then he retired and was out of wrestling for three or four years. Mm-hmm. And then he like just kind of got therapy and realized that his back was okay. And then he came back in 2002 and at that point he became a born again Christian, gave up drugs and for all like as people backstage say, became just like a good dude. Like yeah. he yeah. didn't do any like the shithead stuff that he used to do and he became just like a guy that looked out for people, a guy that lost more than he won, a guy that like, you became know, became a real company guy. Yeah, Absolutely. he like yeah, he like earnestly tried to like reform himself. But like something that's so interesting about this match is that for one month in 2006, we got asshole backstage politics and <laughs> yes. Shawn Michaels back. Yeah. And it's great. And it's reactionary because he only he only was that way again because as the story goes and i totally believe it because it's pretty out in the open that hulk hogan is also a raging egomaniacal asshole yeah um he he politic big time like it was supposed to be two matches two matches it was michael's understanding that they were going to wrestle at SummerSlam, and then they were going to have another oh. match after that yeah that i guess i mean it would like it hogan never, hogan was supposed uh, to win the first one Michaels was supposed to win the second one, mm-hmm. and then Hogan just and then Hogan. I'm not sure if he had creative control in his contract. He did, or like I, I heard. I heard two stories. I heard creative control in his contract, and then I heard from another person that just right before this match, he was like, "I don't know, brother. I'm not sure if my back can take another one. <laughs> Better just do the one match." Uh, from what I read, he had creative control. He also, at the time, both of them were faces. Yeah, and yeah. Hogan refused to do a face versus face. I. Uh, he wanted he wanted it to be a face versus heel because he was worried about not getting as many cheers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Shawn Michaels uh, was a face for pretty much his entire 2002 to 2009 run, except for like this match, this one month, or any time he, he went in. to Canada. Yeah, and yeah. any time he went to Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so this was a thing where Hogan refused 
to lose to Michaels. Uh, Hogan notoriously in his career refused to lose to smaller guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He didn't want to. I mean, lo- me too. Yeah. Sure. yeah. yeah. Every yeah. single time I'm set up to lose to a smaller guy, I just beat the shit out of him for a yeah. while. And then he did this thing where he said he was injured and he's like, we're only having the one match, brother. Yeah. yeah. And so Michaels decided to. Which we'll get into, and I don't even know, maybe if you noticed, if you didn't read the sheet, or if you just kind of watch it without thinking or watching. Yeah, no, that's what I do. Of of (laughs) how much... Michaels bounces all over the place and reacts to everything that's happening to him. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and like the look on Michael's face on this entrance, it's like, he looks like a guy that is like pissed off that he's yeah. Yeah. Like, like I hear that he did not find out about there was only going to be one match and Hogan's going to win it until like very shortly before this match. Yeah. Are the, it's very his, intense and jerky in this, like the old days. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's great. Is this vest that he wear? Is where at first when he came out, I was like, it looks like he's got two giant like children's bandages wrapped around his chest. <laughs> but it looks like it's a vest made of a bunch of little belts. Is that what that is supposed to be? Does anybody know? Yeah, I'm mean, just I, I, I think I think it's like a, a double bandolier. A double bandolier. Yeah, that's yeah. How I read it. Yeah, he oh, needs yeah. he needs twice the bullets. But they're all these little like tiny the little teardrop things. They almost look like wrestling belts. Like I thought, like oh. He just has like uh, that many. I mean, that could be a reference to like, he's the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. Mm. His logo is a heart with like a crack and a tear coming out of it. Oh, so uh, it's like the tear. His uh, his previous finisher before he adopted Sweet Chin Music was a move called the Teardrop Suplex, which is like a back suplex. So it's just like, you know, it's just him being on gimmick. This explains everything to me. Thank you. So you guys want to rate the match or (laughs) uh, you want to call it here? Also, when he was when he was a born again Christian and was a face, Vince McMahon as a heel challenged him to a tag team match Shawn Michaels and God versus Vince McMahon and who is the other person Shane McMahon Shane yeah. McMahon awesome and, and Shawn Vince McMahon won. Won. lost that's lost God. great and God lost that's did, super funny they did yeah, an, yeah. They, they did an intro for God God had an intro music and they just did a, a spotlight, spotlight going down the going down the road that's awesome going down to the road why don't we watch that no, like, that's this sounds, that sounds way more interesting than this book Bullshit. <laughs> so, have you guys seen? Uh, you know, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll let no, you do it. What have we seen? No, I was going to see. There's the. Have you guys seen the trailer for or the movie uh, God's Not Dead, which is the oh, premise, yeah. the premise of it is like there's uh, somebody uh, like a debate class and like the teacher on the first day makes all the students say God is dead. Uh-huh. And then there's one student who's like, God's not dead. <laughs> and then they have a debate about it. Yeah. And then they like, made a sequel. They, yeah. God's not dead, too. I it stars. I don't think he's dead. I think it stars uh, Clarissa from Clarissa Explains sure. It All. I don't know. I really I want to see him ball. Yeah, Melissa Joan Hart or whatever. Yeah, Melissa Joan Hart, I think. So what do you think about the big ass American flag? Yeah, because he's a real American. Well, guys, that's the biggest American flag I've ever seen. Absolutely. Ah, so incredible. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, great. He's he's the same guy that he always was. I I, I don't know. I think it's I think it's really funny that in the promo, Hulk is like, every time you go out there, you you go out there and wrestle for Sean. But every time I go out there, I'm out there for all the Hulkamaniacs when it's literally the exact opposite. Like (laughs) Hulk Hogan is out there just for Hulk. He totally is. And Shawn Michaels is there to put on a good show. We'll we'll watch this clip a little bit later in this episode. But like um, there are some promos leading up to this match where like Shawn Michaels is just flat out saying like quoting Hulk Hogan like like why do you have to work when they get in the building because you already got their money baby like brother or whatever like so like and that's that's definitely Shawn Michaels was famously somebody that um like 
when the WWE would do shows in the mid nineties and they wouldn't really draw a lot of people because it was just sort of a slower time for wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know, they would do shows in high school gyms for like 200 people. Yeah. And like the wrestlers would all be really like, you know, they would half-ass it basically. Yeah. And Shawn Michaels would go, would go out in the main event and wrestle twice as hard and like practically kill himself and do like insane, crazy, you know, moon salts off the top rope onto concrete spots. Yeah. And wrestlers would like ask him afterwards, like, why did you kill yourself for 200 people? And like, he would say like, no, like we want to keep those 200 people yep. mm-hmm. and we want them yeah. to bring their friends next time. So like, I have to do that. And that is why he still always maintained that level of respect. It's like, even when he was an asshole, he went out there and put on amazing matches. Oh yeah. Jesse has that same philosophy when he does his indie improv shows. Yeah. 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 Even though nobody's there. <laughs> even though I do, I do it for six people and it's the same six people every time. Yeah. But, but, but man, what a show. One. But yeah. man, yeah. what a show. I haven't lost one yet. <laughs> yeah. So Hulk Hogan comes out with his, his orange skin like 12 <laughs> minutes of build up we're almost to something happening now in yes, oh, oh, we're about to get the push off which okay. immediately sets the tone yeah. for this match yeah the game of this yeah. match established now is <laughs> like, insane physical he just he just pushed Shawn michaels and john michaels did yeah. a back somersault into <laughs> yeah like into the rope and yeah, I'm, want- yeah I'm, I'm not sure if it's something we've uh, explained very succinctly yet but like sort of the game of this match or what's happening in this match is that Shawn Michaels is really frustrated that he has to lose to Hulk Hogan. So the way that he's showing that, and this is like backstage, not necessarily within the story of the match, is that he's overselling every single move that Hulk Hogan does. Yeah. Like to the point where it's like, he'll get kicked by Hulk Hogan and then he'll do like four rolls and then like land outside the ring and then roll up the aisle and like stand up and like wipe his brow. Yeah. And I want to know sincerely, did you notice Steven? Not at all. I'm like, this is is just wrestling. That's what, that's what I said. That's what I said. I said, Steven's not going to notice. You did yeah. say, yeah, because we talked about this yeah. a while ago. Also, yeah. guys, I'll be honest with you. I watched this 15 minutes ago on quadruple speed. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was it. just like, what's happening? Uh, the wrestling stuff. I get it. No, I mean, what, yeah, when I watched it, I mean, it, this like big, like, look at that. out of the ring. Yeah, look at yeah. that. Yeah. But like, also, okay, so you got, okay, yeah, yeah. I see this is like, I see this is cartoony, but also like you have to admit like, um, like the rock when he gets the, the stone cold thing, doesn't he do, he doesn't, he really oversell it. But too? that's, that's one move versus yeah. like, that's like one. there's a point like in a minute that we're going to see where Hulk Hogan like just slams uh, Shawn Michaels head against the turnbuckle and Shawn Michaels grabs the rope, jumps and does a front flip. Right. Because yeah. of getting like, yeah. there's a difference between you know, selling somebody's finisher big and selling the entire match like, you know, it's Looney Tunes or whatever. Mm-hmm. I get, yeah, I guess it's just like, I, I hear what you're saying, but to me, it all kind of feels the same. Like, and I, again, I've always, I've said this many times, I'm just not smart enough of a wrestling fan to understand why this is that much different. I get, I, I see what you're saying is like, oh, it's like selling one thing versus yeah, like, another. And like, but yeah, but it like, kicks like, him, like kicks him, he, cat, he catapults yeah. himself three feet in the air and then crotches himself on the ropes. It's insane. Like, that's like, you saw, yeah. you saw Ishii versus Shibata Last, like last week or with, with fairly recently, yeah, um, strong like style strong style match. match. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's uh-huh. a different like. Look at that. Look, he just <laughs> yeah. like he just like did a front flip, a 450 splash, basically yeah. off yeah. of his yeah. head. Can thing. we actually cut in just a little bit of audio there of all of that bouncing and jumping off the ropes? I would absolutely love to hear just one clip of that. Hogan adding insult to injury. Right hand, knockdown. 
Also, at this moment, the announcers are talking about how, like, Hulk Hogan famously slammed uh, Andre the Giant. It's never been done before mm-hmm. when, mm-hmm. in reality, Hulk Hogan slammed Andre the Giant, like, three months before that yeah. match yeah, that's in true. a house match. Like, yeah. it wasn't yeah. that big a deal. But now we're putting <laughs> it on television. Guys, yeah, I hate on... Hulk Hogan. <laughs> we all do. Yeah. I'm not a fan. Yeah. Not we a all fan. do. But, like, um, but there's a difference between how they sold, how Ishii and Shibata sold in their match and Hulk Hogan and... and uh, like Shawn Michaels sold in this match. Do this you acknowledge is, this that? This is amazing. Like, like, look at this. He's like, standing that's like, up and swinging at the yeah. air outside the ring. I, 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 I remember I was like, this is insane, but also it doesn't feel that unusual for wrestling to me. That's so funny because like, it does. It looks so it, obvious to me. But like, crazy. Just, but like Ishii and Shibata, their cells were very real. Like uh-huh. they, they just actually hit each other. This it's, you know, he got punched and he fell out of the ring and then rolled up the aisle and then got up and started doing cartoon swings. This like, apparently is just, is just like an extension of when you're, when you're thinking, Steven, this is mm-hmm. just like an extension of when somebody kicks out at two and they show their face and they can't believe it. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's the same type of like, uh, it, yeah, over to me, it's, it's all super mm-hmm. hammy. Like you, I get, you guys have, I think more like resolution and like what you're willing, you can see of, like one to a hundred you can see like one to a hundred and yeah. like they're they're working somewhere like in the 90 to whatever range to me right i don't have that resolution so like of like detail so it like i'm like oh yeah it's like a cartoony thing it all kind of still comes out like your one to a hundred is like my one to seven so i'm like oh yeah this is like a six i get it well, uh what? it's all fucking insane who cares well, well like when they do that kick out at two and they do the face thing that's that is a direct representation of the fact that it used to be that it wasn't televised. Sure. It would be you had to show the people right. in the back row yeah. the emotion you were. We that's the Greek that. mask. Oh, and, that slap looks so legit. And, and that slap. That slap uh, yeah. Sean Michaels just slapped Hulk Hogan. Sorry to interrupt you. And it it felt to me watching that like just a few minutes ago or like early yesterday that like oh Shawn Michaels was saving that one up <laughs> definitely that now, now Shawn Michaels always did that flip up yeah. on the turnbuckle but then he flips over the ring but anyway um, mm-hmm. there, there's definitely some malice in, in his strikes and his slaps yeah. and but, his punches sorry, Jesse yeah. I interrupted you you were saying but, but yeah like for this for someone who watches a lot of wrestling this is insane like it is yeah. ridiculously cartoony you, you're not a big wrestling watcher you don't think about it all the time right so for Almost you never. i can i can for you guys, right now i'm not thinking it's, about it's, <laughs> and the cartooniness would be there if it was like a funny match or a comedy match yeah or something throwaway or something big and zany but this was like this is honestly like built up to be like holy fuck a clash of two titans this is kind of serious the yeah. icon versus the immortal it was yeah. supposed to be this is the first time the two of them have ever fought yeah uh, definitely it, the last time but you also have to realize too like when you say stuff like that you're like the icon versus the immortal yeah like that's fucking cartoony. Oh, like, for sure. That's ar- yeah, that already starts rocky. as cartoony to say that. Like, yeah, and then and then when you're like, oh, this is like a cartoony bit. You you know what I mean? Like, I guess I'm like, where where does the cartoon begin and end? It's it's very it's hard for me to see it. But not no, being a fan. I think, I think they do that to kind of mirror boxers or MMA fight. Like, yeah, it's like the thrill in Manila. Get, the you know, like look at any boxing match. Like boxers get those ridiculous nicknames too. Yeah, like, they do. Like they're the immortal. Is there an immortal boxer Floyd Money Mayweather like there is that is he the immortal I mean, Money if, Mayweather if anybody I'm sure people would have said like Ali was the right. immortal yeah, uh, the, the greatest, the of, all greatest time. of all time is what yeah, the greatest of all time. Was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's ever, is there a, a mortal boxer? I don't know. I'm, I'm sure, sure there somewhere is. There yeah, is. Someone's got to be like, I, I would be surprised. It's just but. a fight. It's like, it's just a fight name. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> this is where we're about to get Hulk Hogan is about to gig the worst I've ever seen. You can see yep. the line where he cut himself. Oh, with the yeah. Razor. It's pretty it's bad because when you're when you gig, you're supposed to do it on your hairline. Yeah. So that they don't see. Hogan well, doesn't he have doesn't have much of a hairline. <laughs> no, he gigs on the back of his head. What <laughs> can he cut off? <laughs> He's bleeding. At one point, I wrote down in my notes, uh, Hulk Hogan looks like a roided out Einstein. <laughs> like, because his hair is I like. Don't even, I don't even think. I think so his right trunks there, used to be yeah. all yellow. I don't even think that's tie dye. It's just blood from the lasses. So, so, right there, that's why he, he just yeah, cut himself go, just with a razor. Uh, and you can see the line. Like, he. Yeah. He cut so him. Hulk Hogan, and of course he's also yeah, busted yeah. open because his head, he's got one of those thinly sliced ham foreheads yeah. that you know, so many old wrestlers do have. <laughs> um, and Stephen, yeah. uh, I can talk to you about the science of blood. I would love it. Uh, Let's hear it. Are you a flimbologist? Is that yeah. what it is? Uh, no. Do you but, think this blood's real, Stephen? Uh, I did do you study, think that's real blood? I did study. Yes. Well, let's go to our new segment. You're listening to Blood Talk. <laughs> I did study forensic anthropology. Uh, and I can tell you that a lot of these wrestlers are taking a lot of blood thinners. So that's uh -huh. why you're not seeing any clot. Oh, I didn't know that. They take blood mm. thinners so that they don't clot. And also they're drinking a lot of alcohol, which is also a blood thinner. So that's not true. only are they taking blood thinners, oh. they're drinking blood thinners as well. That's why my blood's so thin. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, uh, I'll only slightly, uh, yes, I'll, I'll believe you on the blood thinners, uh, like, uh, aspirin and stuff like that. I don't doubt it. Take steroids and things too. But yeah, alcohol, sure alcohol's effects would wear off fairly quickly. Uh, uh unless they're <laughs> drinking like right before this. <laughs> a hey, lot man. of them. Oh, oh no. Hey man, Hulk Hogan goes hard before Matt's yeah. brother. <laughs> hey, oh, brother, let's crack a, open. A lot Drink of them. Drink some Jameson with me, brother. A lot of them are, you know. Uh, some level of alcohol in their in their system when they're sure. wrestling. Yeah, and a lot of them are a lot of them have a lot of blood thinners on. Also, especially old school guys back mm. in the day. Also, yeah, God, look at look that. At, look at that red just on his arm. Yeah. Also, yeah. I've heard you comment about God. how how pink the blood is and how red mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. That's because the most oxygenated blood you have is in your head. Mm -hmm. So that would mm -hmm. make it more bright red, more sure. pinkish, uh, rather than like a deep most, than a deep red. Most oxygenated in your brain or in your like your skin and your forehead. All, all, it all goes through your head. Really? Yeah. Wait, all right. Blood from your brain goes through your head, you know, yeah. like... Uh, n yeah, kind of. I just want uh, you to know yeah. that if a doctor came in and said the same thing, and I don't know if you're 100% right, but yeah. I believe you because what the fuck do I know? Yeah. I know if a doctor came in, Stephen would still be like, no, no okay. I would concede that the only yeah, reason, right. the only reason I'm not willing to entirely concede to you is because I, I don't, I don't, I'm not 100% sure of your credentials and I don't know either. Yeah. So I, I'm giving, I'm, I'm conceding a bit, but not entirely well, on this goes, one. I will, <laughs> it goes to the brain first, but then it goes to the head. Like it's, it's all the the same system yeah like the You're, endocrine system is just it's a series it's a series of tubes, guys. Series of tubes. <laughs> well, that's, much that, like and, the internet that's something that uh nick foley talks about in his in his biography a little bit and I, I think a few other wrestlers mentioned it in that like if you're cut open from your head, the blood like oozes differently than if it than if you get cut in your arm or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. Like the like if you're cut in your head, it like it it's kind of like water a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's like thinner blood. Whereas if you're cut on your leg or your arm, it kind of oozes out. Mm -hmm. And I think it is what Jesse's saying, where it's just like more oxygenated. Guys, I, I'm I mean I've also, also the ref the first of the refs has now been taken out. Yeah, there's uh, like <laughs> 20 refs in this match. That's just always good. So uh, Shawn Michaels has his patented kick up, getting up in the top rope. Super he's, sweet. He's about to do. About to do his uh, elbow drop, but then he decides not to. Oh, classic yeah. heel move. Classic mm -hmm. heel move. Yeah, he's playing the heel big time. Oh, yeah. And now he's about to do great. the sharpshooter, which is 
an important move in Shawn Michaels' history. Yes, that would be important. Do you know why, Stephen? We've maybe mentioned, although we still haven't seen the match. Because he was once a Marine sniper, and he wants everybody <laughs> to know that he still got that sharpshooter. The sharpshooter <laughs> is Bret Hart's um, signature move, and that okay. would be who got screwed over in the 1997 Montreal yeah, by job, Shawn Michaels. Yeah, which we've talked about. Really by Vince McMahon. And so he's else. stealing the move of the person who he screwed over, screwed yeah. over so as to be more of a heel. Yeah. 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 Great. How yeah. fun. It's fun, right? Yeah. yeah, if, yeah if, only, if only I had the deepest knowledge of wrestling, I'd be like, ooh, cool. Also, yeah. <laughs> also, Hulk Hogan taps a bunch of t- like one yeah, right he's there. Pretty much tapping. <laughs> he's tapping. A I don't know how wrestling works, brother. Also, yeah. that's, the, that's the worst sharpshooter I've ever seen. It is a really it's not great. Yeah. Also, there's a moment in this match where Hulk Hogan's generally in this match and you can hear him one time when they're at the t- turnbuckle after Shawn Michaels has been overselling. He just goes, brother, what are you doing? <laughs> Ah, really? <laughs> yeah. Where in the match do you hear that? It's like during the turnbuckle spots where like Hogan refuses to hit his head against the turnbuckle. And, wow. And he just goes, okay, uh, second ref down. We got two refs down now. Uh, you know, yeah, what's going to happen in this match, guys? <laughs> also, I, I, I missed the first ref get going down. I thought that somehow <laughs> that kick took out two refs. <laughs> I was like, how is this physically possible? <laughs> Hulk Hogan's immortal, brother. Theory. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Now, now Hogan's. Now we get a low blow from yeah, Sean. Which is great, love it. Hogan is so red. His face is so yeah, bloody. Bleeding. It's unbelievable. So badly. Also, one of my notes uh, says Hulk Hogan wrestles at fifty, the same he did at twenty. Because I hate Hulk Hogan. He's as mobile as he was. I've said it. Be- <laughs> I've said it. He was always clunky. He was always slow. I've said it before. He looked like he looked like he was sixty back when he was like. 30 yeah like what what uh i feel like uh the last match of hogan's prime was probably him versus the rock at wrestlemania 18 yep yes that was in i believe 2002 this was three four years after the fact and it's very clear that he's had some hip surgeries he like you know he's had his back replaced with metal rod at this point probably and um like a lot of people online are saying that like this is the only way that Shawn Michaels could wrestle this match and make it be a good match. Yeah. So like to be cartoony. Yeah. Cause it's like Hulk Hulk Hogan's not mobile. So it's like, he's, you know, Hulk Hogan's like a, you know, like a Yeti at this point or something. So like Shawn Michaels kind of has to wrestle around him to make it a watchable match. That makes sense. I mean, it's true. I mean, it's not like yeah. Hogan's going to go toe to toe. Yeah, Hogan's not going to do Hogan. Not, even Hogan running the ropes is probably a big ask at this point. Not yeah. that he was ever some technical master anyway. I mean, he honestly, he could wrestle. Like back in Japan, he wrestled, I think it was like Chono or something. Right. And they put on like a really legit good match. Hulk Hogan did some like insiguries, some drop toe holds and et cetera. Mm. Like a lot of people's frustration with Hogan isn't that he's a bad wrestler. It's that he's a good wrestler who's found out the minimum that he can do. And he just does that. So That's Hulk, sure. I'll, Hulk I'll just go with kicked that. out of the sweet chin music. Yeah. And now he's pumping up, and now we get the best oversell of the big boot. Oh, I love this. In the history. Oh, yeah, yeah. Great yeah, big yeah. oversell. Let's just yeah. throw it in. Nobody kicks out the sweet chin music. Nobody but the holster. The immortal holster. Look at him. Hold Do you feel it? Do you feel it, JR? Hold it, Hawking up here. Come down, they give it. You can feel this. Yeah, I, I hate to admit it, but I kind of can. These 18,000 club fans can feel it. Oh, oh my God. Hawking just thrown everything in Hawking. The impact of a Mac 
Yeah, uh, Shawn Michaels <laughs> takes the big boot from Hulk Hogan, and he proceeds to get hit by it, fall down, get up, <laughs> spin around. <laughs> And then do a dance oh and then fall God. over onto his back again. And I, I have to imagine Hogan is thinking, you well, son of a well, bitch. Well, now he's, now he's making him wait for the leg drop. Yep. He's calling all of his Hulkamaniacs. Yeah. He is. His move, the sitting down. Yeah. And that's like, that's little stuff that, uh, there's, it's little stuff that like frustrates wrestlers when a wrestler like does their finisher and takes too long to go for the pin. Yeah, because yeah. it makes the wrestler look weak that they were down for ten seconds instead of mm-hmm. you right. know three seconds. Um, like uh, something that like The Rock talks about in an interview talked about in an interview fairly recently was like like uh, The Rock was scheduled to beat the Undertaker in a match. And the, the, it was up to the Undertaker as to how he wanted that to go down. Mm-hmm. Could have been a count out. Could have been a disqualification. Mm-hmm. It could have been the rock does the rock bottom. And then at the three count, the Undertaker kicks out. So it's like, oh, he barely got him. Yeah. But the Undertaker made the choice of like, no, I'm going to like stay down. And then I'm going to like stay down for a little bit afterwards and like sell the death of the sell how deadly the move is. Yeah. And the reason for that is that like if you, if you kick out at the three or if you like you know, it, it makes the other guy look bad because it's like, oh, like his finisher was just enough to keep him down for three, but not enough to like put him out. Yeah. Right. Um, so like Hogan in this match taking a while to pin him was just like a, another kind of prod and like another kind of F you. Mm-hmm. And then we get yeah. the we get the handshake spot. Yeah. And it, it even it, this just looks like they're just like, looks like they don't like, want to oh, do I it. I don't give a shit. But we got to do this to go home tonight. I'm pretty sure they're crushing each other's hands. Oh, this I'm is, sure. This is a test of crushing hands oh yeah totally yeah yeah they um, neither of them can be particularly feeling real respect like, hey, brother yeah fuck you brother yeah, yeah yeah like that's not a friendly handshake. no not, yeah that's like uh like vince is telling us to do this <laughs> son of a bitch with his, his mustache is now <laughs> just pure full red. of red yeah. blood oh yeah there's that look that's not a look of like brotherly that's a look of yeah. like like yeah. fuck you yeah. brother yeah. Look at that. oh man they just shook hands and, oh, yeah god i love it and it's Michael's still, like yeah yeah, I'll say my line. I needed to know. I yeah. needed to know. Needed All to right, know. I needed to know. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, yeah, Hogan's mad. He needed to know, which I guess that's like the premise of Rocky Balboa, the 2006 movie, right? Like he just, he needed to know yeah. what it would be like to go up against the legend. Yeah. I needed to know. Yeah. I needed to know. And now he knows. Now he that knows. is. Uh, what a satisfying ending. <laughs> uh, well, here's the thing. Hogan got the pin, but Michaels won this match. Totally. This this match became a match that kind of exposed, because this was 2005, I was 18, 17. As a wrestling fan, I still was just like, oh, I'll watch wrestling because I like to watch the wrestlers. Mm-hmm. But I was not you know, a, as aware of the backstage politics as I am now. Yep. And this kind of match... Uh, woke a bunch of wrestling fans like it, it you you were made aware of all of the politics because Shawn michaels made it so clear that, very that hogan was pushing things around to make himself look good mm-hmm. yeah and now he is doing so much flexing it's ridiculous <laughs> if you got if you got that big of a cut on your head you should not be doing that much flexing yeah let me just squeeze all of my muscles a little more squirt a little more blood out of my <laughs> yeah, head yeah. yeah yeah when they when hogan came out at the beginning of it they cut to like the the front row like chanting hogan and they it looked like they were doing it purely obligatory like they're just like they sounded like hogan hogan, hogan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. no enthusiasm there i really like that yeah yeah then he went backstage and said 
said, what the fuck was that, dude? Dude. Dude. Dude, what were you doing out there, dude? If you wanted to fight me, dude, all you had to do was ask. Be a dude, dude. I mean, I feel like for everything that people say about this match, it's really Hogan's last memorable match. Yeah, Yeah, it totally is. Like, I think that he continued to wrestle until, like, 2009 a little bit. Like, he wrestled for TNA. He did a yeah, he tour of Australia TNA. with Ric Flair mm-hmm. called, like, Hulk- like, Hulkamania Wrestling Tour or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, like this was his last match that anybody would watch a second time. Yeah. Yeah, um, I can't remember much of what happened after this particularly. I mean, after this, he... Uh, he married his daughter on TNA? I th- yeah. He got married to his daughter, but he his was daughter... Was the officiate of Yeah, he's not Woody Allen. We knew what you meant, but how you said it knows... I know what you thought. As far as WWE goes, he... I think that one year later, he wrestled Randy Orton... Okay. And, oh yeah. And oh, that God, was that his last boring and that well. was his last WWE match. Oh, all right. Well, all right. before we continue to just talk about things that happened, what do you say we rate this? Let's match? rate it. Okay, so get let's, this shit over. So what, what are we writing this out of? Uh, uh four uh insane oversells. I th- I wanted to let's let's pick a specific one. I think uh-huh. four uh, five four like five, four punched yeah. out of the ring and then like you know, pun- punching drunk the air. Oh, okay. yeah, spinning, spinning wildly as yes. to be a tornado. Air, yeah. punch, yes. air punch the air. Yeah, air four, punch four air punch cells. We, or again, five, we yeah, have out a of five. Scale of five. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. a five. <laughs> you started that, by the yeah, way. He said no. Yeah. You started with four. You were the first one. It's yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's ask the, the audience. Can go back one minute and hear Nick say, "What are we going to rate it out?" No one's. <laughs> yeah, so let's uh, let's cut that in. Let's go to a clip. So what are, what are we writing this out of? Uh, uh, four uh, insane oversells. Now yeah, it's just getting so, confusing. We go inception levels deep into this. <laughs> We're own referencing uh, our own episode. Well, no, now. to make it clear, let's cut Joey asking us to go to that clip. Uh, let's cut that in. Let's go to a clip. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, now so, I don't know where we are. <laughs> where are we? Uh, and, let, and now uh, let's cut back to present time. Okay, fine. We, we better episode. go do that. Okay. Let's, uh, let's cut to present time in an alternate universe where we're talking about how much we love trophies. <laughs> I'm Joey. I love trophies. I'm Nick. I love trophies. I'm Jesse. I love trophies. <laughs> I'm Steven, and I love trophies. <laughs> we love trophies, and this show is over. Joey, it's crazy that you knew about the alternate universe where we love trophies as a podcast. And it was right when you just looked over and said trophies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I basically I knew what the joke was. And then there was a lot of arbitrary searching around Steven's room that we recorded and like, oh, a trophy. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in that alternate dimension, Joey's name is uh, Chair Doorknob. <laughs> Chair uh, Doorknob. So, OK, so we're doing it out of four or five. Yeah, yeah, so uh, great. <laughs> great. So let's uh, let's rate this trophy. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah. How many trophies? <laughs> let's rate it on a scale of trophies. I'm I'm on trophies now. Uh, yeah. 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 How many trophies going to give us? Trophies oh. for over. All right, I'll go first. This, so this match is whatever. It's fine. I I'm, I'm I I love it, and we all remember it, and it's memorable because of all the overselling. And look, I mean, as much as I say I don't like Hulk Hogan, and I'm not, I'm not a fan. But there's still something to his stature and what he means and what he represents and what the character of Hulk Hogan has done for wrestling, and it has since. You know, it's it shaped a lot of the ways that other guys and how they affected the business and blah, 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 all that stuff. So, um, again, I still don't love him that much. And this match isn't particularly great or anything, but it's still cool to see those two icons come together. And I love Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels is pretty much my favorite ever. Um, And the overselling is going to bump it up. So I will give this a I will give this a a I'll give it a a three point one. 
but it's only mostly because of Shawn Michaels. Yeah. It's not a great. Yeah. This is like a one star match. Right. Yeah. But I am literally that. bumping it up because every time I watch it, I crack up. So yeah. I'm, I'm giving it a three point one. But it's that's really pretty much all Michaels. Yeah. Um. I thought this trophy had a, like a good amount of bronzer on it. Yeah, thought it's it was good real trophy. shiny. Thought it was. Uh, has I'm gonna stop this. <laughs> uh, yeah. We so, we all stopped. <laughs> yeah. Uh, guys, I look look. I need this. <laughs> um, needs uh, it. Okay. So um, I think that. I'm a little bit conflicted by this match. I think that um, there's something really interesting about it in that uh, the angle of this match for fans, we've talked about angles with Steven a little bit about like the angle of like a big guy versus a small guy or whatever, or like this tag team's real crazy and this tag team's real crazy. So let's see him face off and see which tag tag team's the craziest. Yeah. This, this match had the, the clear above ground angle of, you know, the icon versus the immortal. This is the guy that carried the WWE in the eighties and the guy that carried the WWE in like the mid nineties, which one's the best one. Yeah. And like, that's, that's an angle that we can definitely get behind. But like the real angle of the match that you see in the match is this is the best politicker in wrestling of the eighties versus the best politicker in <laughs> wrestling of the mid nineties. Yeah. Like which one is the best politicker? <laughs> so sort of the match is sort the match is sort of decided before the match, if that makes sense. Yeah, because um, it's like you know it's 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 like the battle of two you know executives who are vying for the same VP spot. Or yeah, something. the battle of of two egos, really. Yeah, and like it's just like the meta game of it. It's really interesting to watch this match from that perspective, and I think that it is a good match for somebody to watch. To you know, like Jesse referred to, is like kind of getting woke of like, oh, there's like multiple levels of reality going on here outside of just the reality of this is a wrestling match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. You know, I thought that like. The, uh, We're just throwing around getting woke now yeah, for wrestling. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess we've appropriated that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, isn't that like not for wrestling? No, it's not. No, for it, that is, at all. it is not. Let's, it let's is not for, throw that around too much. It yeah, is for yeah. people who all of a sudden realize that like the patriarchy exists, or uh, or that racism is racism. Yeah. For the record, this room is woke as fuck. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we are woke. But continue. But um, I mean, you get what I'm talking about. Where it's like, I feel like yeah. this is a match that you could watch and be like, "Wait a second, there's like something happening here outside of the match." Yep. Yeah, like there's definitely like an in between the lines to be read here. Totally. And like, I think this match is a good entry point for it. And the fact that like it, like there are so many five star matches that people forget about within a year or two. Mm-hmm. Like for what sure. people consider to be one of the best matches of WWE was like. You know, the Brock Lesnar, uh, Seth Rollins, John Cena triple threat match at the Royal Rumble. Mm -hmm. Stone Cold Steve Austin has referred to that as one of the best matches he's ever seen in his life. Mm -hmm. And that's a match that happened, what, two years ago? And like, I barely think about that match. Yeah, yeah. It was I a, hear you. And it was a great match. But like, it was. But this is a match that we happened. We almost watched it. No, Joe, we, no, we watched it together. Joey is going to rate this match real soon. No, no, no. I mean, we almost watched <laughs> yeah. it for this show for a previous yeah, episode. Yeah, I think one of the guests requested yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, no, I know no, I've guys, seen like, it. But like, the, we're but on like, a 10 minute monologue here. Hold on, what, we're uh, getting in middle what, 11. What I'm, what I'm getting to is um, okay, so this is a match that happened 11 years ago. People still are talking about it. Yeah. Like, we're still really opinionated about it. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a match that, like, wrestling fans 100% remember and, like, are very conflicted about it. And because of that, like, this was a great match. It's, like, memorable. The match itself isn't very good. No, it isn't. Right. But, like, everything around it is great. So and isn't that kind of what you want in a way? Some like yeah, yeah, we want a good match, but if the the story and everything around it is enough lore, then it's like well, hey, yeah, yeah. It's like th- like this is a match where it's like if you're a fan, like 
you know, you could put this probably on the same level as, you know, maybe Hell in a Cell with McFoley and Undertaker as just like a memorable match that people talk about. Hey, remember blah, or blah, like blah. Or like maybe this is like half a step below that or whatever. Remember that match when Michaels oversold the fuck out of everything? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. And yeah. like... You know, like as far as a match goes, it's like you know, it's like a three. It's fine. It's, it, three, but, great. But, but like, <laughs> but as far as it was a full but, minute since I last like made fun of you for taking but, so long. But to as rate far, it. but as far as like a wrestling thing goes, I don't know. This is a ten. This is like this wow. is great. Just because it's like so, it's a three or a ten out of five. Fantastic. Ten, yeah, or yeah, four. Ten. Yeah, yeah. Out of four. There's literally <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. no way to know. And like, the, and like, I don't even know what timeline. And like in. the trophy that that Shawn Michaels probably got. Kill yourself. <laughs> Kill you. I <laughs> uh, hope you die. So that's 10 from you, Joey? I, uh, Three or a 10. There's no so, way. Oh, yeah, I'll go 10. All right, Jesse, so go for it. 13 out of 4 or 5. Uh, yeah, uh, I agree with everything Joey said. Uh, I give it a 4.7 out of 5. Wow, <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, I mean. Just strictly because of mostly that. It's the only Hulk Hogan match I will watch. Wow. Like, I won't watch the Mega Powers. I won't watch Hulk versus really? Rock. I, I've. Out of the eighty, like out of the golden era, there are like three. I'll watch the British Bulldog, mm-hmm. and uh, like that's it. Like I don't, I don't enjoy. Not that. even with Randy Savage, huh? Not, not even the Mega Powers stuff. I uh, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll watch Rick Rude, and like, okay. and like those are the guys I'll watch. I don't, I don't like the golden era of wrestling. Interesting. I don't, I, I don't see that. I don't Roll find out. it terribly interesting. Interesting. I like the Cirque du Soleil aspect of wrestling. I like the dance. I like. I like the Shakespearean aspect of it mm-hmm. that it's for. So you love Fandango? It's for the hoi polloi. Yeah, I love the yeah. dance. Yeah, yeah. Big Fandango fan. It's for the hoi polloi. It's for you know the people in the front row, like of that Shakespeare play. It's it's low brow, high brow stuff, mm. and that's that's what I like about wrestling. And this represents all of that to me. It is it is very much a. Uh, a story being told mm-hmm. on multiple levels. Oh yeah, and because of that, I give it a. Four. And again, I it's the only Hulk match I'll watch. Mm-hmm. And uh, because of that, I give it a four point seven. Wow. Very oh good. yeah, totally. Like I don't hate Hulk Hogan, Joe. Like, you've had your time to speak. All right, Look, uh, I got a I'm lot of go. opinions about this match, <laughs> guys. <laughs> you want to hear about trophies? <laughs> Less yeah. than anything. Uh, so four point seven from Jesse. All yeah. right. So I, I mean, yeah. The, uh, I wish I had known a little bit more about. Uh, I guess that they're overselling it, and we I could didn't have... mention it on purpose. Yeah, just we to see if I would not. See, yeah, because we talked about this. I yeah. mean, yeah, and you're right. Like, I, yeah, this I think that shouldn't surprise you that this thing that I don't have a deep knowledge of, I continued to not have a deep knowledge <laughs> of. You're talking about arg- blood, right? This blood. was my argument. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, if yeah, if, the, if this is a setup to like show that Stephen doesn't know about wrestling, like, game on, guys, you did it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess we, we won. Joey. All right, there's a high five, Joey. It's so important for Joey to win this podcast. <laughs> For some reason, and yeah. there's no winning. There's nothing he can possibly do to win. Well, of course, because I've already won. Like, <laughs> That's right. It's like the match we just watched. Yes, yeah, yeah. nobody there's wins. No winning. Yeah, um, Shawn Michaels won probably. What's your yeah. So, so yeah, I wish I wish I had known. I think I would, maybe would have been able to focus a little bit on it. And kind of when we were watching it while uh, while while doing this podcast, it was, a, it was interesting to see that. Uh, but ultimately, without like a lot of deep knowledge, I think like you mentioned, the sharpshooter, which is an important thing, playing the healer, whatever. Without a lot of deep knowledge, it sort of doesn't click for me and in a big way. Sure. Uh, so. I think ultimately being a stupid wrestling fan or I guess a non-wrestling fan who doesn't know that much about wrestling, I would give it a a, stupid uh, two two uh, you know trophies or spinny punches or whatever the fuck. That's fair. Yeah. Wait, so what's our total intern? Can you email us what our total is on that? Yeah, we'll get it. 
Uh, and no. could you do it on a scale of four or five? Four or five, for, yeah. Out of can everyone. You, so yeah, we need like multiple scores for everyone. Yeah, go ahead and figure that one out also, for us. I don't know why you asked the intern to email you. They're right in the room right now. Yeah. Well, sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, he's yeah. not allowed to speak or do any type of gesturing to like indicate numbers. He sure. Yeah, and we, once this show's over, tell us what timeline we're in. I don't know what dimension. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we yeah. specifically tell our intern to not make eye contact with <laughs> yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a, yeah. A tough job, but somebody's cool. got to do it. Four. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sh- you earn your college credit. <laughs> <laughs> you earn it. Um, <laughs> I, uh, thanks for bringing that match in, Jesse. Yeah. Um, mm. For our uh, second clip, um, in the build-up to HBK and Hogan's SummerSlam match, Hogan appeared on Larry King Live to talk about his career. Shortly after that, Michaels appeared as Hulk Hogan in a Larry King Live parody broadcast on Monday Night Raw. This parody hit all the buttons for a great wrestling comedy segment, and it was remembered as fondly as Michaels and Hogan's SummerSlam match. So let's go to a clip of that. Hulk, you'll be squaring off against Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam. Now that's Shawn Michaels. He's a tough guy, isn't he? Let me tell you something, brother. This is a dream match, brother. One that I've always dreamed of, brother. But I got news for you. I'll be 102 years old, brother, by the time I step into the ring at SummerSlam. Every day the Hulkster wakes up that he's not dead, brother. He's living on bonus time. Let me ask you a question, Hulky. Are you a bad guy or a good guy? Well, on camera, brother, I'm a great guy. But when that camera goes off, brother, oh, it's a different story, brother. Oh, brother, 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 brother. Brother. Uh, okay, so I thought that was a funny segment, right, everybody? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I emailed you back with this segment because yeah. it is... As a longtime wrestling fan, I took the break that everyone did until the pipe bomb. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, this is CM the, Punks. This is the only comedy segment that has ever made me laugh. I love this, and I'm glad, because I, I wonder why we weren't doing it at first, too. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, we'll come back to it sometime. But I'm glad that you insisted, because I... I love this. I love it. I love it. I love it. Why, what gets you so excited about this, this it's, comedy seg? It, with with the meta uh, umbrella hanging over this match that we talked about, and him not particularly being fond of Hogan anyway, yeah. and then being two egos and politicking, it's it's. In, I can still feel that you can feel that that Michaels does not like Hogan in this. It's, oh, it's a yeah. direct mockery, and it's not just like the usual like. I'm doing it for the storyline purposes. Something yeah. about it, something the way that he delivers these lines, it just he, he says brother like 69 times. Yeah. The way that he just he does it through this whole thing comes in on a walker. It just like, seems like he's like I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm calling you out for your bullshit and I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like there's a lot of real bitterness in those jokes. And the jokes land. The audience laughs at them. Yeah. But yeah. it's like there's a level of like authentic rage to it that like you know, it's like uh, it's it's like good satire. It's like uh, you know, if you look at like uh, Conan O'Brien's last couple of weeks hosting the Tonight Show, mm-hmm. when like he was telling that he was telling those jokes about NBC with like oh, yeah. with a level of just like I this is not a joke. I mean this to hurt. Yeah, like. Yeah. There's a level of that in this that I really appreciate and I'm like, I love. Something that I can't believe that we didn't, and we were probably just blabbing over the, the entrances. Something else I didn't mention is that, did you notice during the match when Hogan came out and they dropped the flag and Michaels looked and just kind of shrugged it off and actually did a shovel motion? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, shoveling, that, that's a term for burying somebody, which is uh, mm-hmm. burying means that you're going to beat somebody 
you know, in such a level as to cause them to lose credibility. So get out yeah. the golden shovel. So I feel so like you're getting buried as you're made have to them look lose like shit. momentum. So I feel like that entire mentality was pretty much that shovel thing was kind of his mentality of like doing this promo. It's like you're just Hulk Hogan. You're a character. You do this thing. You do that thing. I I, I get how it operates. And then you come in and you you make you do these matches and you and you don't do it for the people. You're just doing it for yourself because you're all about you, Hulk Hogan. Yeah. So I yeah. get it. Yeah, there's a level of like, I don't care if I get fired for this. Sure. And what are they going to do? Fire Shawn Michaels? Yeah. yeah. So he had a lot of leeway to be able to do that. And the Larry King guy is funny and whatever. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I find it legitimately funny. Like the, the Walker thing is funny. Like that's, the end, he's pretty intense. That's a bit you've done in your wrestling, like in, in the live wrestling show is like Mm -hmm. guys coming uh, out on live wrestling show. Dan Black and I produce the UCB theater. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's super fun. We've all done it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I think it's legitimately funny, and then at the end, like Shawn Michaels does a great, like some of the best wrestling acting, which isn't that yeah, he hard does a to good do, promo. But he cuts a really good promo, and when he gets like serious when he after gets, he super kicks Larry King, yeah, quote unquote, yeah, mm-hmm. it's I, I I think it's a great promo. Well, I think that this is an example of an effective comedy promo that's uh, then turned into a promo used to genuate real heat. And I yeah. think that I think that like this is something where it's like you look at a lot of like the club stuff, like the the club recently had their new oh, day God. segment where it was like old the old day, day or whatever day. where it's like that was a comedy segment that just sort of petered out and ended but it's like there could have been an area where that promo had an edge to it it could have sure, been it worked the old day have. come out and then you know they do like their fun comedy thing that of course leaves the audience in stitches you know and i then, said that i didn't hate it i mean i yeah, thought it was fine i thought it was fine uh, but like it's not good but i but didn't hate just like, old nick didn't hate old day but it's like why why couldn't that have ended with the old day legit turning on the new day mm-hmm. beating them up and then the club runs in and does their finishers to the new day and the clubs had their like fun comedy segment that made fun of the new day but then they also like left that like promo with like oh they've got like heat you know they've got heat on them they've got like a you know they've got like an angry uh-huh. streak or whatever steven i'm legitimately curious what mm-hmm. what did you think of this promo i feel you didn't like it um yeah i mean without any like again deep knowledge of like what's going on in it it's just like this is just another fucking thing who fucking cares it's cartoony and stupid uh yeah i don't know it just felt like a, it felt like the Didn't worst type of cartoony like sketch that i'll see is like oh look at this character he says brother all the time isn't that funny i'm like not really like be more funny than that gotcha yeah <clears throat> so you just didn't care for it yeah i mean again i don't know any of the stuff that you guys know well, so there's i not, give it a five by the way like i, I can't i can't yeah, I give appreciate it, five. it five, like you five? Give, yeah five five so steven uh yeah like a one and a half wow like okay. I, I will admit like it, it's very reference based and like, a lot yeah. of the stuff that he says that gets laughs are things that we as fans are like you know, we as fans are just like, ooh, he like called him out for not being a good wrestler. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, he like talked about how like Shawn Michaels is a good wrestler. And oh, he talked about backstage politicking. They never talk about that. Yeah. yeah. It's like there is a level of like if you're a part of the family when that conversation's happening, you're like, oh, I understand that my uncle's crazy. But if you're not, then it's just like random references you don't get. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like a Saturday Night Live sketch where they have a celebrity and they're just like hitting all of the beats to mock that celebrity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's only funny because you're like, oh, I know Justin Timberlake, too. Yeah. It's like <laughs> it's like blah, blah, blah. Lochte gate is yeah. like going to get a laugh if you know who Ryan Lochte is. But if you don't, then it's just like, oh, that's those are random syllables. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. So we all give that a five, including Steven. <laughs> Absolutely. Universally. Um, 
We also showed Steve and Shawn Michaels' famous Lost His Smile speech. <laughs> in February of 1997, Michaels vacated his WWF World Heavyweight Championship because of a career-ending injury. Though people speculate that he faked this injury because he didn't want to lose his championship to his bitter, real-life rival, Bret the Hitman Hart. Let's go to a clip of that. I know that over uh, the last several months, I've lost a lot of things, and one of them has been my smile. And, and I know it doesn't mean a whole lot to everybody else, but it means a lot to me. So I have to go back and fix myself and take care of myself. And I have to go back and I have to find my smile because somewhere along the line, I lost it. And I don't care, really. I don't care if it's unpopular. I don't care if uh, people want to make fun of me because I'm an emotional guy. So this to me is an example of like, we saw kind of like born again Christian Shawn Michaels who like had a little bit of like kind of the dickish twinge to him. Yeah. This was like full blown. Like Shawn Michaels was probably pilled out of his mind during this speech. Yeah. Like he completely faked this injury. And again, Michaels was out 98 to 2002. He would mm-hmm. occasionally pop up on TV as like the WWF commissioner yeah. and like other authority roles and a special referee, but he was injured. He thought for sure he was done. He was retiring because of that back injury. Yeah. So this is 1997. He still had more matches. The Montreal Screwjob was coming up. The Montreal Screwjob was coming up. Um, yeah. Yeah, this was February, so the Screwjob would have been in November. So yeah. this is like... Yeah, I'm trying to think of the time. Like oh, yeah, yeah. Before. Yeah, so it would have been... Yeah, yeah it would have happened in November. And then he immediately got injured at the Royal Rumble in 98. So that's when he left. Yeah, yeah and then he my, left at the WrestleMania of that year. My first experience with Shawn Michaels was Commissioner Shawn Michaels. I'd, I'd not... I Because, like, when I first started watching, I was not an appreciate... Like, I didn't appreciate the older time or anything like that. Yep. So yeah. my first experience was Commissioner. Hmm. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I was watching this and I was trying to muster up some type of sympathy for this person and I and I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, like, just the longest fucking announcement in the world. Like, I think Lou Gehrig's, like, I'm the luckiest man in the world speech was, like, maybe a third this length and, like, actually significant. And, yeah, like, this, this, this is fucking long and boring. This speech was uh, Joey trying to give a rating on one of the uh, matches. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah that makes, I Almost as long as Joey. Joey trying to get come up with the number uh, three. Also, like he like, couldn't do it. Just like a little bit more on that that you'll, you guys will love to hear here. Um, okay, the fact that I had a, a lot to talk about. Imagine <laughs> how much I think about that match in my off time to be yeah. able to develop that much information on just coming up with a rating for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's a lot. It's again. It, it alarms me how That's much you've invested into this. Like, I'm sad. I'm sad for you, man. I love it. I love <laughs> yeah. it for it, you. Like, I do, too. Yeah. Yeah. But like, uh-huh. like, imagine like, you know, that was the good stuff. Imagine like what I'm leaving on the cutting room floor. And I'm like, yeah, I, uh, I don't think that was the good stuff. I don't think you are capable of good stuff. Wow. That's a whoa. bold statement. Wait. Whoa. Actually, that's a, I'm taking that as a personal these offense. Are, these are comedy Take partners. Take yeah, look at that. He doesn't yeah. think you're capable of good stuff. Yeah. Like, you're capable. of Excuse good stuff. me. I'm the guy that pitched uh, the bit where we spent a hundred dollars to make a giant pizza on stage. And it went great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the audience loved it. All right, guys. Sean Michaels lost his fucking smile. Yeah, we need to talk yeah, about uh, this. I think it's I think it's an interesting promo because you can tell that Sean Michaels is kind of just oh yeah 
like being, it, it, being a dick. Like it yeah. feels like there's a real lack of authenticity in the promo. Yeah. Like you can like, especially watching it knowing now that like he was kind of bullshitting it. Yep. It definitely looks like that. Yeah. And yet at the same time he does, there is a level under it that you see. I feel like feels real of like this guy, I think he's kind of lost. Yeah. Like yeah. I also kind of feel that I don't buy it in the acting, but there's something in his eyes and the way that he is that I buy it as like, I think this guy's confused about his life right now. Also, when I first saw it, I thought in the wide shot that he was wearing tails in his jacket. <sighs> and I was like, is he dressed as Benjamin Franklin? <laughs> <laughs> Came out as Benjamin Franklin, who Didn't lost his smile. Also, how 90s are his earrings? Oh, oh he's yeah. wearing the most. He's wearing like four earrings on yeah. either ear. Four little hoops. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does feel like he's ready for it to take a picture to go on the front of his album. Yeah, yeah. yeah. shirt buttoned really up all good. the way under the jacket. Yeah, yeah. there's no. nothing better than a wrestler. Is that a collarless a collarless shirt. Oh, yeah, collarless yeah. shirt, of course. Yeah. Oh, it's very it's very like hair back in a ponytail. Uh, it's yeah. great. Um yeah, I mean uh I it is this is a weird moment to like I don't know, like something about it. I'm watching this too. I I guess what maybe frustrates me a little bit about this too is like Vince McMahon also seems to be kind of going like, you know, you're a real hero for doing this. You, the, you have to, you have to do this. Like, I'm so sorry. Like mm-hmm. who is everybody just buying into this weird fucking thing? Why is yes. somebody selling him out? Like, fuck <laughs> well, here's the thing. So another thing I wanted to mention too, is not only did he not want to put over Brett and we knew that he was fucked up on, on some substances at the time, but apparently the injury itself, there was some partial reality to the injury because he uh, went to a doctor who I guess had not seen very many wrestlers and didn't know much about wrestling injuries. Yeah. And this doctor legitimately looked at his knee, which they could have easily repaired surgically like with any other doctor. And he said, you, you need to stop wrestling immediately. Uh, we might have to remove your legs if you keep this going. What? Yeah, yeah I, I've, I've read that multiple places. Yeah, I've not this. heard this, 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 but that's amazing. doctor was clearly clueless about wrestlers so and funny. apparently being a doctor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, wrestlers famously have five knees. Ew, <laughs> you got a bruise. We're going to have to cut it off. Well, I just I just like a doctor who's like, we're, we're going to have to get rid of all of them. All your legs, all of your legs your are legs. coming off. I feel like that's the type of thing I would say to like a six-year-old as a joke when they get hurt. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, oh, I scraped my knee. It's like, oh, well, if it's really that bad, we're going to have to cut it off. And then they'll like yeah. get serious. I'm like, I'm fine. It's okay. And you're kidding, like, I'm kidding. Cool, cool. Now you shaped up. Yeah. So stop yeah. crying about a fucking scrape. And then I could continue watching TV. I got yeah, your and then nose. you're like, oh, no, no, I'm going to celebrate by cracking this beer. Gotcha. Yeah. And then they crack this- a beer open over their head. But yeah, <laughs> apparently this doctor was clueless. And I do think that even though he got his, I'm sure, many second opinions in third and fourth immediately, yeah. I, 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 from what I understand, that also kind of spooked him a little bit. He was kind of like, oh my God, am I am I really legit injured? Like that was the first time he'd really heard something like that. I can imagine like if a doctor, if one doctor was like, hey, uh, we're going to have to get rid of your legs. And then five other doctors like, no, we won't. I'm no, we're going to give you more legs. I'm still going to <laughs> <laughs> listen. You guys want a couple extra legs? <laughs> you guys know it's my legs. dream to become a centaur. <laughs> so I've heard. Yeah. Little <laughs> Jesse, four legs climb. Yeah. You know, to do that, you'd still need to extend out your torso. So it's yeah. not just the legs. Like, we're going to need yeah, to give well, you a piece look, by piece process. Look, we're going to need, need to give you a couple extra legs and another torso. All yeah. right. So I want to look like Goro, but with four legs. <laughs> oh, yeah. I want a horn implantation, too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. also, th- this version of the clip that we said, that we uh, showed Steven, it's got like a pop up video aspect to it. Yeah. It's one weird. of the facts that shows up is Shawn Michaels has vacated more titles than anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a good fact. Yeah, that no, that's with not you. good to have. Just, what a jerk. <laughs> Yeah, but this is, yep. I mean, this isn't a good promo. It's just an interesting moment in time in wrestling. And it's like, it is so interesting to me that like, like 
yeah, maybe he was really hurt. And like, maybe mm-hmm. this is a time where wrestlers would work hurt more than they would now. Sure. Like yeah. now, like wrestlers will like immediately before a pay-per-view, like Randy Orton pulled out of a match that he had with Bray Wyatt that was advertised just because he had like a little concussion. <laughs> yeah, right. um, and uh, like, you know, now we're in sort of like more of a woke period as far as injuries. He's doing goes. it again. He's doing it again. I'm really right. upset that I brought that. Yeah, yeah. you should have never you said should, that. Yeah. Joey's never going to stop yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now, now we're just more aware of like, oh, that guy's got a broken leg. He should probably not wrestle. Whereas even 10 years ago, Shawn Michaels had like a broken leg and they were like, the audience voted you in for Taboo Tuesday. Got to wrestle a 20 minute right. match. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it is. I, I think it's it's great that it all worked out for Shawn Michaels and he did go away and have he had to do some soul searching. Yeah. Yeah. Because he came back and had the amazing second run of his career. Shawn Michaels is one of the best workers that have ever, like, he's just... I've always said he's my favorite overall. His his body of work, he was really the first guy to sell. Like, he was the first guy to sell hard and make moves look like they hurt. Mm -hmm. Like, seeing Shawn Michaels get hit is always nice, even... You're watching him get punched in the face. Real joy. (laughs) Well, it's just like, he he makes... he rides that illusion. He, he helps you forget, you know, even if it's for five minutes that it's fake, he helps you kind of get into that moment where it's like, Oh, this is an interesting story that's being told. Yep. Uh, yeah, this is, I mean, if we're rating this promo, like the speech itself is terrible. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, Mm -hmm. but, but for what it represents, I, I would give it a three just because it's, an again, a moment in time that's interesting to wrestlers. And Lost his smile has also become such a thing. Yeah. and for, Jokingly or not. And Steven, I think, I think what you're getting a view of is like, uh, you can go anywhere in the world and if you meet a wrestling fan... You could talk. This is a nightmare scenario. For Absolutely, you. you're you're in Brussels. Yeah, you could talk oh. to someone in Brussels about Shawn Michaels versus Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. for three hours, and that's upsetting because I'm sitting there like, just give me some of your sprouts, guys. <laughs> give me some uh, of your Brussels that's, sprouts. That's why I'm here. <laughs> but but it's I like, came for the sprouts. But it's like it's a this match is like a currency among wrestling fans. Yeah, sure. it's I. Uh, you know, when you talk about basketball, you talk about like game six, Utah versus the Chicago. Mm-hmm. That's a currency game that you can talk about with basketball. Just like fans. showing up and too sweet in somebody. Yeah, exactly. it's, like, it's like the final deletion where I feel like that's in a similar area. Yeah. where like it's like if you're a wrestling fan, you've got opinions on the final deletion and you could talk about it for an hour. If mm-hmm. you wanted to. Yeah. So, yeah, this gets a three for me. I'll, g- I'll give it a, a 2.9. I mean, remarkably I, close. I would give him the lost a smile speech a one because I think it's like, I don't know. I, it just, uh, the inauthenticity doesn't yeah, work for you. I mean, I think it's like, it's interesting as a historic piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as a promo, like, you know, it's just like, it's a guy who, didn't want to do his job and he was like how, how can i get out of doing my job yeah yeah question we ask ourselves every day yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's not like a face move for me you know no yeah um it, but it is just an interesting moment in time steven tell us how much you didn't give a shit i i guess so i'm still not 100 percent. i i follow what actually happened did he quit because he didn't want to give up a title or did he quit because of an injury? It was because he uh, didn't want to give up a title. Official word was injury. I think uh-huh. I it's become known over time That's that it was a happened. combination of didn't want to put Brett over. Uh-huh. 
was injured and had a crazy doctor tell him something way off, but okay. that went away. So and then, and then he was also just kind of being a jerk and kind of fucked up anyway. Yeah. So, so this is a George Clooney's perfect storm of events right here. Sure. Well, the, and I it's call like, it Mark Wahlberg's perfect storm. And like he that, person, that like, is also correct. Yeah. Like they wanted this is more to, of a Solaris to like, me. They wanted him to drop the the title to Brett the Hitman Hart. He and Brett the Hitman Hart didn't get along, so it's mm-hmm. like right. He doesn't. He didn't want to put over a guy that he didn't like or respect. Yeah. Yeah. And then, again, this was in February of 97, so he went away for then a few months. He was gone for maybe like six months, five months, something, something like, like that. that. And then when he did come back, the hatred for Bret Hart between that the two had was worse than ever. That led up to him coming back, having a couple matches, having building up the program with Hart, and then the Montreal Screwjob happened in late 97, uh, November, mm-hmm. when he legit didn't tap out and Bret Hart lost the title and, in his hometown. And it's when kayfabe broke. And the, yes. and the screw job is a little, it's a little bit of a receipt for this, honestly. Yeah. Cause it's yeah. like, so, uh, the reason for the screw job is that Bret Hart did not want to lose to Shawn Michaels in Canada. It was Bret Hart's like, you know, basically last night in the company. He like, already said he was leaving to go to yeah, WCW. Yeah. And yeah, right. Shawn Michaels refused to put Bret Hart over. So, you know, when it came to November of this year, you know, eight months later or whatever, um, Bret Hart did not want to put over Shawn Michaels in his hometown. So like the plan that Bret Hart had was like he would win the match and then he would just like he would vacate the title or hand it over. Kind of do a similar thing to this. Yeah. And um, probably the, on Raw the next night. Yeah, The I deal think. was yeah. that he was going to do it on Raw the next night. But technically his contract ended on that Sunday. And Vince, like you saw the woman's title trash can thing in one of our earlier episodes, yes. the Linda Blaze thing. <laughs> like Medusa. basically Medusa. Vince McMahon's like kind of saw like that happened previously and he saw that except with Bret Hart doing it with WWF's main title. And he was like, oh, I can't risk that. So that's why the screw job happened is yep. like. Bret Hart refused to put over Shawn Michaels. Vince McMahon promised him that he would that he could hand over the title next so they night. Were like, well, fuck him. But in reality, he was like, oh, contractually, he mm-hmm. could like screw me over on this. So I'll yeah. just force the turn on that. You know what's fun about this podcast is like it's three people going like, here's how much explanation it takes to attempt to enjoy this. Well, it's just multiple levels. Well, here, hold on a this second. Shit, hey, like, wait, I just wait. lit up everybody it's, on this yeah. one. Yes. It's the Silmarillion to like. Uh, I hate it all right. right now. I'm not a like, fan anymore. Like, yeah, I mean, it takes like any sort of storytelling. Like, you do have to know it. Like, this would be like dropping you in the middle of the two towers mm-hmm. without knowing anything about anything that's happened. Yeah. So Are we talking about Lord of the Rings or 9-11? Is it Lord of the Rings, the two towers, one of the fucking movies? I don't know. Yes, it is. All right, well then what the fuck are we talking well, we're about? We're also talking about 9-11. Yeah. All right, well now yeah, yeah. there's a lot of politics. I'll never forget. It goes back to the 1980s. We're I'll, fighting the communists. I'll never oh. forget it. Um, <laughs> but it's, again, it's like uh, basically what Joey and Nick are trying to do is give you the backstory of all of this stuff instead of like, yeah, like you would hate, like number one, you would have a terrible time watching starting from like the 1950s oh, yeah. until now. 
Uh, so what that's the, when Nick and I started. So what's yeah, like the a Roaring Fifties? Classy Freddie Blassie. <laughs> oh, then known as Sailor Freddie. We're going Blassie. to see the wrestling match tonight. Yeah, yeah. You know what was around in the fifties? Jazz. Oh, <laughs> yes, it yeah. was. And I'm looking for it. Is I'm there any here? Jazz yeah. 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 Man is this, yeah. is somebody call club? for Nick Leadfoot Gligger? Yeah, I mean, I I get it that it requires some backstory, but I guess it's what's so. I mean, I'm I'm sure you guys, in a way, find this to be admirable about wrestling and wrestling and I don't is that it just takes so much fucking knowledge to just start to get it to just I mean, start to care we're at 140 I mean, episodes in and I'm just like <laughs> I'm mean, like oh okay like the rocks a bad I, mean, guy. I, was, I, I honestly <laughs> think that you're like uh, friend of the show Taylor Orsi. She, yes. um, she I has, was just thinking this. Yeah, yeah uh, she has people over at her house, uh, like you know, probably every week to watch you know Cruiserweight Classic, NXT, and etc. Yeah, um, she's like a fairly new wrestling fan, and all the time she'll invite over like you know like just friends of hers that have never seen wrestling before. So uh, yeah. like uh, her friend Allie Beardsley recently came over two weeks ago without any sort of seeing wrestling before, any sort of expectation, mm-hmm. watched a Cruiserweight Classic match. I believe it was uh, Abushi versus... No, it, oh, it wasn't was final. The it was a, there was one before the finals. It was like Abushi versus Kendrick or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And she sat down, watched it, loved it. She was like, this is great. And then she came back last week and watched the finals and saw... Gren Talik versus TJ Perkins. And she was like, oh, this is amazing. I love this. Yeah. And yeah. she's probably going to come back next week and watch it and love it. Does she, she want to do this show? <laughs> maybe. I mean, well, maybe. In your know. place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Guys, I, th- I feel like I've lost my smile doing you this have. show. Steven's well, lost Steven's I have to I've give up my place but on like, this. I, I think that part of it it's is... It's hard for me to do this. I, think I'm, that, I love this. I'm I think that the, the hard version of this show is that, like... A little bit of it is like we're like Stephen Pearlstein. You have to love wrestling. Mm-hmm. Whereas Taylor's is like, hey, we're having people over. I'm gonna make my great homemade salsa, and oh, then we're gonna eat chips. So also, good. wrestling's it's gonna salsa. be on. So mm-hmm. come and hang out, and also wrestling. Uh, it's the thing is, I think that people just don't have the reluctance that you automatically have. Well, Did, I've got yeah. I've got a question, Stephen. Mm. Do you uh, do you have a soul? Do you have a soul? well? Uh, no, uh, Stephen. Do you appreciate athleticism? Uh, sure. Yeah. But do you think this is athleticism? I don't think you usually do. Not necessarily. No, right. no, I mean, because I, I, I'm, I'm less impressed with it in general because uh, a, a lot yeah. of these matches are people being extremely athletic and improvising second city style <laughs> a, sh- uh, a match mm-hmm. where they know the beats that they have to hit, mm-hmm. but they don't know how they're going to get there. And they have to kind of go through the motion. And the best matches, the one are the ones where you forget that the people know how it's going to end. Mm-hmm. That they're so on the same page that there's chain wrestling going on and there's moves happening back to back. That the communication is just between two people existing in the same space yep. and be, being so good at their job. And like I think that's a lot of what like the the fans at Taylor's like seeing the cruiserweight classic, you're seeing these guys who've never met before who are now doing a match and figuring out how to work with each other in mm-hmm. the ring and doing an amazing job in a room split of like people who get that and people who don't get that. Yeah. Well, it's like but everybody appreciates it. Well, like Abushi yeah. uh, versus TJ Perkins. It was a, uh, like a semifinal match at the cruiserweight classic. Like, is that match predetermined? Do they know who's going to win? Sure. 
Do I know who's going to win? I have no idea. We literally did. Yeah. There's something exciting about God, that. What a surprise. Like, it's sort of like it doesn't matter if it's predetermined to me at that point. Because I don't know what's going to happen. I'm, you know? Yeah. And, and we're also willing to put in the time to just be like, well, let's just have fun. And yeah. let's just get in the ride and watch it. And there's something incredibly impressive to me about two people being able to tell that story without speaking to each other and right. only being able to communicate through the moves that they're using mm-hmm. and through their knowledge of like, OK, that guy is in the turnbuckle. I know that he has one specific turnbuckle move. I need to position my body so that I can help him the most Mm -hmm. and then he does that and it looks great and then the the next guy is like okay i've been getting a lot of offense in it's about time for me to get a get reversed on Mm -hmm. i'm going to set him up with a move that i know this guy likes to reverse a lot and they do that communication all just physically yeah and and with Mm -hmm. all of that keeping track of all that stuff that's what jesse just said is what we always refer to as like a a part of the bigger ring psychology that they do in the ring Mm -hmm. yeah and to me i mean just without knowing any of the story or anything like that to me it's it's extremely impressive Mm -hmm. it's athletic it's uh it's it's a way of communicating and telling a story that no other place does Mm -hmm. and i think i think it has a legitimate like reason to exist because of that yeah and there's a move in i believe it's grand metallic versus tj perkins the finals of the cruiserweight classic yeah where grand uh, tj perkins is standing on the ring apron grand metallic runs jumps like over the ropes grabs tj perkins with his head and then Mm -hmm. does a frankensteiner out of the ring yeah and like the level of like you can't watch that move and say like oh, I could do that because yeah. like there's the level of coordination and like trust that goes into just that trust that ten second spot. Like there's so many like position points of failure for that move and the fact that like mm-hmm. they hit it and it looks good. It's like you're cheering because oh it looks like that guy got hurt, but you're also cheering because like oh they tried to do a really crazy hard thing and they pulled it off. And mm-hmm. and again like TJ Perkins had no idea that Grand Metallic was going to do that move. Sure. Yeah. He had to let him do that move and then realize React oh this is a Frankensteiner. I've got to do a front flip all in a quarter of a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you say, Steven? Yeah, I mean, um, do you love wrestling? That's great. <laughs> uh, I feel like we don't have enough time for me to pull that all apart. <laughs> sure. Uh, uh, <laughs> like, and just so, uh, get into tune it. into uh, the After Buzz Show after YSLW, <laughs> hosted by Jesse Klein on After Buzz TV, starting now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I, I mean that that's great. You see some uh, level of athleticism, and that that impresses you. The the mm-hmm. ballet of it. Um, uh, I don't know. It just doesn't for me. I feel like there are more interesting forms overall. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Fair enough. We'll, uh, we'll uh, talk to you about this in the back well, alley after the show. <laughs> anyway, what we've learned is that Steven lost his smile. Yeah. yeah. Ah, uh, happy with it. Yeah. Now, somebody taking over this podcast for yeah. me. I'm so happy. Are you about vacating it. the title? Yeah, yeah I, I will vacate the title the as week. on this yeah, podcast. I feel like the Al- if we had Allie instead of Steven Pearlstein, it'd be a really short. We'd only go one episode and at the end she'd be like, yeah, I love 
wrestling. Yeah, and we'd yeah. all be happy and everyone ride then off into the sunset. We all yeah. could be done. We'd all go you to guys Joanne's want to stop? Like, Let's yeah. do it. Uh, let's do it. And now because we, we love your questions, uh, and now because we love your questions, it's time for us to answer some of wrestling's greatest Ray Mysterios. Mm-hmm. Uh, this tweet is from today's guest, at Jesse Klein one Whoa, that's oh, you. Yeah, uh, that is me. At YSLW Podcast, just called me a real life heel. Sorry can't stand up to the brilliance of fish in the toilet <laughs> and other great characters. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fuck you. <laughs> I'd still think kid in a bag is great. Uh-huh. Kid in a bag. Uh, oh, no, get me out of here. I'm in the bag. Yeah, yeah like, uh, I want to get out. Like three inch tall Ted Cruz. Why am I persecuted? <laughs> yep. You're persecuting me by putting me in your shirt pocket. Come <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ray Romano. Well, we already we like, know. He said, "Oh, hey, my, what's my my feet are covered in cum." Yeah, <laughs> Joey nailed it. Uh, I'm uh, on Jesse's side on this one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> these characters are fucking stupid. Well, yeah, well. the thing is, if you call me out to be a heel, I'll be a heel. <laughs> I'm, like I, I'm just saying that, like, you know, uh, we're like probably we're probably at the ha- we've probably been doing the show for about six months. So if you want to, as a fan of the show, give us a real cool, uh, you know, six mm-hmm. month present. Feel free and draw us hanging out with our cast of characters. <laughs> I would love that. That'd be yeah. amazing. Yeah. Fish uh, in the toilet, Tommy yeah. Ray Romano, yeah. kid in a bag, yeah. pocket Ted Cruz. Yeah, pocket Ted Cruz. <laughs> Didn't we uh, say something at the beginning there's of this? There's two Vince Russos. Two Vince Russos. Two, two, two Vince McMahons. Two Stone Cold Jesse two the Jazzman Klein. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not a fictional character, but seven foot yeah. tall Joey Clift. <laughs> well, uh, and 70 year old Nick Kligger. Yeah. 70 year old Nick Kligger. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen Pearlstein with a robot brain. No, you know what? Just erase me. Put Allie Beardsley in instead. <laughs> Yeah, uh, new show host Ellie Birdsley. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, if you want to make that, be sure and tweet it at us. Uh, hashtag memory. I, I feel like nobody wants to do that, and just the request is sort of sad. Yeah. Uh, like, hey, guys, would you please? It'll be real sad when we get that drawing and you're left out of it. I'll be okay. Uh, that'll All be right. so cool. It's, it's my dream to be drawn. <laughs> yeah, actually, throw Jesse Klein in there, too. Make sure make, yeah. make sure Jazzman yeah, Jesse, Jesse Klein's Jesse there. Klein, yeah. give, him, give him a saxophone or something. Oh, really yeah, you're I still don't a play heel. jazz. Yeah. I'm just looking get a, for Yeah, he's just looking, looking for, for a saxophone. He's got a big old magnifying glass and it's a like mag- a glass that has jazz written on the side. <laughs> yep. uh, okay, uh, so thanks at Jesse Klein one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jesse Klein one. No, you. Oh, oh, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh shit, I didn't realize. Yeah, that. Uh, either. If you're a wrestling fan, you have questions for Steven, or if you're not a wrestling fan, you have questions for Nick and I, or if you want to show us or shoot us, uh, you know, that sketch, mm-hmm. feel you want to shoot us. Yeah. Uh, feel free to shoot us an email. At you should love wrestling at gmail.com or send us a tweet at YSLW podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, we've spent this show trying to convince Steven to love wrestling. So now here's the part of the show where Steven tries to convince us to love something. Uh, gosh, he's got nothing this week. You know, uh, every week I'm just like, I mean, whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, and this is this week is no different, guys. This week is a simple Simple recommendation. Uh, I don't know if this is at all useful for you guys, but I'm going to keep it going anyway. This week, I'm very big on rechargeable batteries. That's my new deal. It's so boring, Mm -hmm. but I'm a person who uses a lot of batteries. I've got television remotes. I've got Apple mouses. Mm -hmm. I've got label makers, as fans of the show know, and they all need batteries. I was tired of buying batteries. I got 20... Double A rechargeable batteries, probably a dozen triple A's, and a nice little and two rechargers over there. Guys, my life has never been better than with with these rechargeable I'm batteries. I'm not just doing this. 
I hate rechargeable batteries. Really? That's I interesting. I can't stand them. Why? It's I got to remember to recharge them and then I got to wait. Wait, no. you can't remember to recharge them? No, something? I'm a busy person. You, I know you're no you're not. I'm so busy. <laughs> I, I think when the batteries die, I just want to take them out, throw them in the trash. They end up at some landfill. Yeah. I'm sure the 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 environment's doing great yeah, for you're it. Not but supposed I to just, just throw batteries in the trash can. Throw them away. I always do. I just want to throw them away. I want to put new ones in my remote. I want to continue with my life. I throw them at kids. Uh, that's, that's fair. Now yeah. you're talking. I throw them at kids and political figures. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I know political sudden, figures. Yeah, yeah. I know all of a sudden sympathize with Stephen because I. Hmm. Uh, I have zero thoughts on batteries, and my brain just turned off That's when good. you were wow. talking about batteries. I don't think about batteries ever. I How do you get your shit to work? Yeah. Oh, when my shit stops working, I just change the batteries. But okay, this is the same concept. Regu- regular but, ass batteries, though, you don't have rechargeable wait, batteries. Hold on. So, yeah. wait, the concept that we're talking about, I, this is actually interesting to me. So, yeah. the difference between having some AA batteries, like in a drawer, yeah. that are rechargeable or not, like there's no difference. You just have some batteries. Oh, oh, right? But I have to recharge charge the rechargeable ones. I, you have to go out and buy the non-rechargeable ones. I already have them. Well, you don't just have an unlimited supply of... Not- I, Steven, I have batteries. You don't have oh, unlimited batteries. I got batteries, there's baby. A, there's, a, there's some kind of functional limit to how many batteries you have. Steven, Anytime I go my- to the dollar store, I randomly... I do. I randomly buy AAA and AA batteries because I know that I'll just need them and they're a buck. Steven, my argument is that I... Here's what I do. I, when I'm at Costco, mm. I buy a bunch of batteries yeah. and I don't think about them ever. Exactly, because so, you have them. So... So, see how impassioned this is. I think. I yeah, did yeah. You, you found a really I good. Don't, I've, <laughs> so, I've always so been getting, so annoyed by rechargeable batteries. So, so getting so rechargeable batteries requires mm. me to think about batteries. And the, then wait, and then and then think about them all the time because I'm recharging them. I yeah. got to swap them out. I don't. I don't ever think. Well, about hold, them. On, hold, on, hold, on, battery, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So you think uh, just uh, think about them all the time. You understand that, like for me, when I when I my batteries in this mouse dies, I I work at home and so I use this battery a lot. And it dies every probably every month or two. Yeah. Uh, so when instead of just going to the trash can and throwing them away, I just put them in the recharger and then grab my fresh one that are ready and then eventually when i don't have any more fresh ones they're just sitting there in the recharger and i'm like oh great new batteries i never have to go out to me i hate having to have like the cognitive load of thinking about buying batteries i hate that i I never think about buying i don't either Mm, interesting i don't either just when i'm also i would never i would get them also i would never get happy by saying ah these batteries are ready here in the recharger. I would never get enjoyment mm. out of that. I think, uh, oh, I and I use a lot of electronics. I do. Yeah, like, I think here's where I'm skeptical about rechargeable batteries. <laughs> oh, oh here, boy, here it comes, okay, baby. So this is gonna take 20 minutes. <laughs> Buckle fucking in, everybody, everybody, uh, get, start getting ready. Um, so Joey uh, has a scroll of notes. Yeah, there's and guys. Thoughts. Just imagine how much I think about rechargeable batteries that I don't. Hey, well, talk let's about. talk. You a Duracell guy. You an Energizer guy. Okay. Yeah, you may go oh, off the radio, do like a rail vac. Yeah. Okay, so I, I love the concept of something that's rechargeable. Uh, you know, like camera batteries or whatever are Coming great. Of that like, uh, you know, like mm. laptop batteries that you can recharge are great. Yep. Um, mm. I think that where I am skeptical about rechargeable batteries is that they are they have the exact same shape, consistency, size, and weight as non-rechargeable batteries, mm-hmm. and mm. because of that, there's no there's no way to tell if they're recharged or not. 
at least in my experience with rechargeable mm. batteries. There isn't a counter on the side that says 100%. They're, they're not covered in like a different textured plastic or something like that that makes them just a different thing than normal batteries. They're, they're still, you know, like, so you're, you're, they're you're, still metal wrapped in a wrap. Your complaint whatever. is twofold. One, you can't identify them, and two, it, them as rechargeable or not. And two, you can't tell if they're charged or not. Yeah. Okay. So, like, so Great. if they were made of a different type of plastic, <laughs> if, they, uh, if they had like a counter on the side that a percentage similar to to you know like <laughs> something else it's oh just God. like stuff like that if they were designed to be more <laughs> Steve, they're designed to be more definitively different than all right normal which batteries. one of these is rechargeable or not i have no idea really you can't see the big thing that says no, rechargeable on but it. like but like show me on this do how do i know if this is recharged okay so then my my answer to that is never not immediately charge them once you you're done with them but, but it's like, that's fine I, yeah I see but it's what like you're i feel like it's like a badly designed product that mm. could be like if that was made of a different type of plastic and if it had like a counter on the side of it or light or something on why, it why the different type of plastic i'm kidding. uh it's entirely a texture thing didn't oh, so Duracell so, used so like, to have a battery that had a green orange <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember that. So it's I don't like, know if they still do that. So it's like I buy my garbage once in the dollar. So like store. if you're fumbling around in uh, you know a drawer or something like that and trying to find the rechargeable batteries, that feels the exact same as non-rechargeable batteries. So wait, you're t- wait when you, <laughs> so when Joey goes to look for something, he closes his eyes yeah. well, and finally smashes it's, uh, his hand. It's a flashlight. He can't, he can't see. I mean, that's honestly, if you look at like my random crap drawer in my room, that's like basically what it, it's just a it's whole lot of batteries it's, like, it's, it's, it's batteries all, and lifesavers batteries lightsavers a pair of scissors to keep it exciting wait uh, lightsabers or life lifesavers oh, okay. lightsabers we're in that alternate universe we never yeah, got yeah, back yeah. well <laughs> uh, look when the batteries in my lightsaber die i just throw them motherfuckers so, out uh, fresh yeah, so let's sure. rate batteries what does everybody think about batteries rechargeable batteries rechargeable, rechargeable batteries. batteries in general rechargeable batteries i give a zero charge out of 100 <laughs> nick you're a heel i yeah. am the heel yeah, Stephen, and i will buy all all the batteries. Yeah, out of, Je- Jesse, out of five, I give it, I give it a two point five because I have it's straight down the middle. Down I the don't middle. I don't think or care about them. Wow. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a zero. I think that I think, <laughs> I think rechargeable he finally he swung all the way over. I think rechargeable batteries. What's your deal? What are you trying to pull? I don't get it. Well, uh, and your zeros just to me signal how much you care about the environment. Okay, so uh, <laughs> we're all gonna die. All right, so uh, Jesus. <laughs> On that note, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. So, We're all um, going to die. Be sure and uh, like and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Yeah. Uh, next time, we'll probably talk even more about batteries. Guys, leave fun. us some sweet comments and reviews yeah. on iTunes. We haven't got one in probably like a little bit. We like reading them sometimes. It's, so it's like yeah. reading. Why not? By the way, I like the environment and I'm, I'm not a nice. waster. Mm. I imagine I'll get some flack for this battery thing. You really are do. a waster. Sure. So, uh, Jesse, waste my uh, time. Hey, Jesse, thanks so much for being on the show. Where can people find you on social media? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at JessKlein1. That's J-S-S-K-L-E-I-N, the number one. Uh, coming up after Buzz's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast is coming Ooh. back. Uh-huh. Uh, that's our big podcast. Also, I'm going to be doing uh, Power Man, Luke Cage, after Buzz's uh, show about that as nice. well. Nice. Uh, I'm kind of their Marvel guy, their mar- go-to Marvel guy, so I do all their Marvel podcasts. And the Jazz Man. And, I'm, and uh, all their jazz-related all, podcasts. All they're looking for jazz. <laughs> and then every Wednesday... Like Marvel, I'm looking for jazz. Every Wednesday at 3 o'clock Pacific Standard Time on Popcorn Talk, you can see me doing a uh, sci-fi weekly show with my co-host Zach Wilson. We break down science fiction, themes about it. Uh, Coming in November, we're going to do a 
uh, election special. We're going to do... I forgot the name of the movie. Shit. What's it about? Uh, Idiocracy. We're going to be doing doing Idiocracy. Oh, so current America. Yeah, Mm -hmm. basically. Uh, And uh, yeah, you can find me at those podcasts. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you have a catchphrase on After Buzz? Uh, Well, all of the hosts have to say... Buzz you later. Uh, that was uh, literally what I was going to say. Is like, you have a catchphrase. You guys like, stole that later. from CC's Pizza. Yeah, we That's stole. CC you later. <laughs> yeah. Believe me, I've been to enough CC's Pizzas in my life that I would know. Uh, yeah, you can find me at CC's Pizza. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Nick, where can people find you on social media? Uh, guys, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Gligor, G L I G O R. Let me know what you think about my stance on batteries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Joey Tainment. And feel free and give my new podcast a listen 25 Minutes of Silence, which is a podcast where a guest and I sit in silence for 25 minutes. Uh, it's, you know, some uh, hot, hot news for people. Um, 25 Minutes of Silence, previously a Podbean podcast was recently brought into the Boardwalk Audio family. That's very exciting for everybody. Wow. So it's on the, the Would you put fam- a gun to Steven's head? <laughs> no, he offered. I, I, I volunteered on that one. Yeah, he, that's, yeah, really, he, that's really nice of you. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, he, that's really uh, nice of you. Yeah, he heard that I've got such guests coming up as Scout Derwood from Mary Plus Jane. And, uh, because you did that nice thing for Joey, <laughs> I'm going to bump my battery score up to one charge out of 100. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, I, I bumped wonder, it up to a one. That's negligible, and I don't need your score. I wonder <laughs> if I could get... Then you won't have it. I wonder if I could get, like... An like a like an energizer executive to be on twenty five minutes of silence. I'm sure you can't. I probably could. I don't believe in you, Stephen. Where can we find you on social media? Uh, guys, you can find me all across the internet at Pearlstein. Uh, and uh, you know, since I guess since we're bringing it up, there's all kinds of great podcasts on, sure on Boardwalk Audio. Check them out. Mine's Improv Obsession. It's really good. It talks about improv, how to do comedy and stuff. Uh, and, other, and some brand oh, new thanks, ones man. coming yeah. soon too. I uh, got a whole bunch of stuff, good stuff coming soon. Um, and uh, you know, also if you guys want to go to iTunes, look for 25 minutes of silence and <laughs> leave it a one star review, telling them <laughs> this concept is stupid. Uh, I would really appreciate that. I think that'd be really. <laughs> Did you good. only? Saw Sign up so you can see what the numbers are and see if people actually listen. Or oh, a hundred percent. Okay, no, I get it. No, uh, well, that. <laughs> I told. Well, because yeah, I mean, it was, it's honestly a cost thing. It, Joe, what Joey was doing, I was like, you're going to end up spending more money than you should on this, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I just didn't want him to. Oh. Uh, so Steven's nice. a good friend. Like oh, we, you know, nice. we butt heads, but he's a good dude. Yeah. Uh, inherently, I don't like you. Well, uh, Jesse Klein, <laughs> just like the Rockers. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. Jesse uh, Klein. Thank you very much for coming to the show. Yeah. We got to ask Stephen. Oh, what? Do you love wrestling? Oh, uh, oh, God, no, no, I don't. No, jeez. Uh, oh, well, oh, see, oh, see you later. I think you're cute. I know I'm yeah. sexy. Well, I got the moves one. to drive the girls wild. You see me walking. You hear me talking. I'm a sexy Joey Clift. I'm not a Noe Clift. Noe I'm just a Joey Cliff. Joey Cliff. I'm not a Noe Cliff. Noe Cliff. Fireworks. I'm really sorry. Everybody had to endure that. This has been a Boardwalk Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit BoardwalkAudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.